Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and Attention Coach Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD Productivity, Obstacles and Apps. Uh, We're going to get to the content in a moment. Before we do, we'd like to thank children and adults with Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder for bringing this program to you. In celebration of that event, we're anxious to give away free digital copies of Attention Magazine. To get yours, just listen to our show. We'll be sharing a secret word a couple times. Write it down. Listen to another show. Um, and write down the secret word of that show and then just email me the, the two words. That's all you need to do. Email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. When we get it, we'll forward it to Chad. We'll get you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine, and they'll send you a PDF copy of the next edition when it's in print. We have a little tip that we're going to share with you that Chad made, and we'll get into the show. When you have ADHD, putting in an eight-hour workday while maintaining maximum concentration can be a challenge. Here are some strategies to help. Make your physical environment less distracting. Use your laptop, smartphone, or alarm to track appointments and deadlines. Break up long tasks into shorter ones. Take breaks and walk around. Before you leave work, take five minutes to organize your work area for the next day. To learn more about workplace issues, visit chad.org. When you have ADHD, putting in an eight-hour workday while maintaining maximum concentration can be a challenge. Here are some strategies to help. Make your physical environment less distracting. Use your laptop, smartphone, or alarm to track appointments and deadlines. Break up long tasks into shorter ones. Take breaks and walk around. Before you leave work, take five minutes to organize your work area for the next day. To learn more about workplace issues, visit chad.org. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. So, Jan, please introduce our guest. Jeff, our guest tonight is Dr. Ari Tuckman. He is a clinical psychologist specializing in diagnosing and treating children, teens, and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. He's the author of four books, including his newest one titled ADHD After Dark, Better Sex Life, Better Relationship. He is a frequent speaker and has given more than 400 presentations on ADHD as well as other topics. He has over 100 episodes and more than 2 million downloads of his More Attention, Less Deficit podcast. He's a former member of the National Board of CHAD and their current conference co-chair. More information is available online at adultadhdbook.com. That's adultadhdbook.com. Dr. Tuckman, welcome to the show. Great to be back, as always. 
I, I love having you back. We always have so much fun. For our listeners out there, um, just to give you a little bit of a background on how this all started, right now it's year 2022 in November, and we just got through ADHD Awareness Month, and the Attention Deficit Disorder Association puts on TAD Talks through the year. So we have thought leaders that get on and do like a nine-minute kind of audio about something. This year the, the concept was on executive function, and uh, I listened to Dr. Tuckman's thing, and it was on uh, – productivity and apps and um it kind of struck me and i just really want to talk about this because in the beginning of your talk um you were talking about apps and 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 alarms and stuff like that and you kind of said you know if you have an alarm that's set for you to remember to do something from a productivity perspective if the alarm goes off it did its job and then you went on to say as if the alarm was actually supposed to give you motivation and Everybody, I had listened to this, and Lily was mentor coaching somebody. I was giving them feedback on somebody that they were coaching, and literally the person said they needed to get another alarm because it wasn't working. It kind of struck me is that if you have an alarm and it goes off, as you said, it did its job. You can't really say that the alarm didn't work because it didn't give you motivation. So how did you originally come up with that, that idea to, at the beginning of your TED Talk? It was hilarious. Yeah, so this is like a common thing that, I mean, you've heard this a bunch of times, I've heard this a bunch of times from clients where they say, you know, I set an alarm, but then I just turn the alarm off and I keep doing what I'm doing, right, with the implication that the alarm doesn't work. But the thing (laughs) of it is, the alarm did work, right? The job of the alarm is to make you aware. Hey, look at that. It is time for that thing at one point I thought I would do. What it does not do is provide motivation, right? The alarm doesn't pull out a gun and it doesn't give you a cookie, right? There's <laughs> no motivation that comes. So I, I kind of use this as an example of, well, I guess a few things, right? One is the idea that to do something first, you have to be aware of it. So if it just, mm-hmm. you know, if you space out on it, if you don't have it written down, if you don't even know this is the time to do that thing, then you're done, game over. On the other hand, just because you have the awareness doesn't mean that you do it, and that's where the motivation comes in. And maybe there's a bit of planning that kind of happens in between those two things. So I kind of say this with the idea that when it comes to productivity, it's really multi-determined, right? There's a lot that goes in to doing something or not doing something, and I think it's really important to kind of narrow down on where exactly is the hang-up, like what is getting in the way here? Because if you're solving the wrong problem, it's not going to be helpful. You're preaching to the choir. One of the things that I always like to say at this stuff, because it, it sounds overly simplistic, but I'm telling you, it's really there, is a lot of times I'm finding people don't actually do things. Like a lot of procrastination is actually rooted in ambiguity. And when you think about it, it makes a little bit of sense. If you really don't know what to do, mm-hmm. you really should do something else so that you're productive. Or if you don't know where something is, et cetera. And I'm sharing that yeah. because I find that to be the root cause. Going back to your point, if there's no awareness of what you're doing, what you're accomplishing, what you need, productivity is going to break down. And it's not the alarms or the apps problem on that. Um, but you need to be aware of what goes into this stuff in order for you to be productive. That, I mean, we're saying the right. same thing, right? Yes. So as of this recording, I will be giving this presentation at the big ADHD conference. As of the airing, I will have given it. But, um, but yeah, that is one of the things 
that I talk about is ambiguity is a big driver of procrastination. It's like if you don't know what you're supposed to do or using what or to what end or what final product, you know, like what you, what's your next move, right? Like yep. what do you do if you don't know what to do? So often in those cases, the first thing to do is to figure out what the hell you need to do. And, you know, this is kind of especially common with students where they'll have some project and then, you know, you ask about like, oh, well, what's the deal with the project? What does it need to be? And they kind of don't really know or there's some like big important pieces of it that they're just not clear on. So, you know, that take a deep breath, calm your anxiety and just go towards it rather than away and just first thing figure out what the deal is. What is the expectation from the other person? What are you willing to do for yourself? You know, because that's a piece of it too. This might be important to someone else, but you need to decide how important this is to you. So, you know, like that is also a piece of the puzzle to sort of figure out where this fits in all the rest of what you're trying to do with your time. It's funny because as we speak right now, I'm coaching somebody. Um, they came to me because they're working on their dissertation. And I was on a call and I said, what exactly is a dissertation? And it, the wheels just came off at that point in time. I mean, it was like, a, uh, 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 like we never actually got like, so how can you do this if you fundamentally don't even understand a dissertation? And that sounds kind of silly, but the topic today is obstacles to productivity and apps, and fundamentally, we hear words, but if you don't really fundamentally know what that is, it's there, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to put some meat on this. I was coaching a high school kid years ago, and I don't coach a lot of high school kids. Um, the kid was killing it in like scouts and ROTC and band, things that they could touch and see, which is really good for sure. working memory, really struggling with trigonometry, which is more of a working memory kind of intellectual type thing. And towards the end of the semester, they, they called in and they were upset because they had the, the band teacher told them that they had to write a, a critique on a performance that they did, and he'd gotten like a D minus. And, and he told me that, you know, he was, he was struggling. He actually went in to talk to the teacher, which I advocate. I didn't really know that this had happened. And I said, let me ask you a question. Do you really know what a critique is? And he said, well, yeah. I said, what is it? And, again, you know, <laughs> a lot of fumbling around and stuff like that. And I said, I tell you what, imagine if you are – is that you're like a band conductor, and you're getting ready to get in front of the band, and you begin to think about what a piece is supposed to sound like. And you get up in there, and you conduct it, and the band plays – and you compare and contrast how you thought it was supposed to sound with how it actually sounded. And the, like I could hear the kid's light, eyes light up on the other phone. He said, well, hell, that would be easy. I said, really? And so he sat down and said, yeah, I could do that in like an hour and a half. And he, you know, he did it in two hours and took it back to the teacher and got a B plus. But the, the point of this illustration is often we look at stuff and we, we, we assume, we don't actually do the heavy thinking, like I don't even know what a dissertation or I don't even know what a critique is. Sure. These are huge obstacles get in the way of productivity that people just don't ask or don't think about. They make that assumption. Now, I mean, that's, that's, yeah. as I describe it to you, that's vivid to you how, like, that, that's the difference between knowing and not knowing even what to do, right? Yeah, I mean, it absolutely is. And, you know, this is why I think for a lot of stuff, you know, it's, there's often this cognitive work to be done on the front end that helps you then figure out where does this fit with everything else, how good does it need to be, how important is this, how much, how, 
where does it rank relative to the, all the other stuff I got going on in my life, right? Like that's the, the cognitive work that needs to be done first. And if you don't do that, then it's hard to know what to do next, or you spend too much time on some things and not enough time on other things. Uh, i tell you what. I like what you just said. I got a like a metaphor for that. Let's go to break and come back, and we can kind of continue where we are. If you listen to the show, you've heard Dr. Tucker before. He's absolutely brilliant, one our, our, our most frequent guest. Check out his website, adultadhdbook.com. Again, adultadhdbook.com. Our secret word tonight is apps, and with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by gigcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Dr. Ari Tuckman. The topic is uh, ADHD productivity, obstacles, and apps, and really kind of we're getting to the obstacles and the invisible part. Before the break, Dr. Tuckman was talking about doing the cognitive work before you do something, and I absolutely love what he said, and I agree, and I'm going to kind of use – this is actually being taped before Thanksgiving in 2022, so a little bit of context. The metaphor here is like let's say I'm going to make Thanksgiving dinner. And you show up on Thanksgiving Day to make the dinner, but you didn't do the cognitive work beforehand. You realize that you don't have the turkey, you don't have the stuffing, you don't have all that stuff, and all the stores are closed. You can't get anything done that day because it's all closed. Doing the cognitive work was to realize what you needed and have that in advance for you to do the work on Thursday. Now, that's the way I'm interpreting what you said, Dr. Tuckman. Is that accurate? Yeah. Or do you have a different bit on it? No, that's exactly it, although I would actually rewind the tape a little further. So wait a second, who's coming? How many people? <laughs> any particular things, you know, in terms of dietary restrictions? You know, how big a deal do I want to make this? What is my kitchen set up? Do I enjoy cooking? Do, am, I risk, am I sort of like a risk taker and I want to try something new because it could be awesome or it could blow up, so therefore am I more risk averse? Right? It's like it's all of that. And you know, it kind of, it also sort of brings us to this idea of kind of some of those early choice points where, you know, this is especially true for the folks who tend to be kind of perfectionists or they're sort of indecisive, like they have a hard time deciding, is that you start making, like you make some early decisions and you just go from there. So, for example, um, you know, if we'll take this turkey, this Thanksgiving example, say like, okay, do I want to do a turkey, yes or no, right? Mm -hmm. And that, you know, rather than mulling the million permutations, you say, am I doing a turkey, yes or no, right? And then from there, you then have now, you've eliminated a whole bunch of options that then you don't need to make yourself crazy trying to consider every possibility. Um, 
Or, like, here's another example. I just bought a new computer because my old one was sort of acting a little weird. Go on to Consumer Reports, and, of course, there's 8 million computers with all <laughs> the different permutations. You know, I would need an Excel spreadsheet with, like, 4,000 cells in it. Yes. So I look and I look, and I'm like, all right, you know what? I have an Acer. It's done me well. A couple of these Acers are really well-rated done. It's going to be an Acer. And I just eliminated every other option. And are there great Lenovo's? Are there great Macs? I mean, there are, but are they necessarily a million, any appreciably better than an Acer? I don't know. Probably not. Whatever. Like, I got stuff to do. So I kind of cut it down and I cut it down and I cut it down. And I think especially, again, for the indecisive folks, it's because they're trying to consider too many things and then they can never make a decision and sort of put the wheels in motion. I agree with you 100% on that. Like sometimes you've got you to think about thinking, pause, and which goes back to what we started earlier. These are the obstacles. It's about self-awareness to stop and be able to filter that stuff. Because I know I've had people I've coached before, like I've got to buy a car, and they're, they're overwhelmed. Like, let's stop. What are your non-negotiables? Well, mm-hmm. I need a car between twenty and $30,000. I'd like a small kind of SUV. I'd like it to be kind of mm-hmm. reliable. And, you know, that you get all that stuff out, and all of a sudden you're saying, okay, you look at you got Toyota RAV4 or Honda CRV, and you go on a lot, and you've right. you got four or five of them, and then you're kind of negotiating there. But I think what you're touching on and what we're touching on so much is just to say I'm going to do a plan and put something in the plan or schedule on that date is not necessarily a plan. Sometimes you have to think through what you're going to do for that plan to be executable. And I think as we're talking more and more that we're illuminate, that's often the elephant in the room because people will just have a feeling and write something down and they're not prepared. And that becomes the obstacle to what's going often. It's yeah. just invisible stuff. It's the thinking stuff that you have to do beforehand that people just don't do. Right. Right. And then it, it feels overwhelming or they're sort of committed to a path that's not really going to work mm-hmm. for them, or maybe the end would be okay, but the process is not going to be good, you know? So, so yeah, I mean, it's about kind of managing the information flow. So, I mean, I think some of this also just sort of added another element is I kind of, I call it filling the tank. So, it's going to be that stuff that I pester people with all the time, sleep, diet, and exercise. Let's throw in, you know, if you're taking meds, are they actually working the way that they're supposed to? Are you actually taking them most uh-huh. of the days? Because, um, you know, for any of us, if you're not bringing your best in terms of your cognitive abilities and just how you feel, right, like it, you've already sort of like hamstrung yourself a little bit. And, I mean, I – I think we've done an episode on this, but I've certainly presented on it. Uh, you know, if your ADHD is not well-managed, it's a bit of a catch-22 because not doing a good job on sleep, diet, and exercise makes you perform worse, which means mm-hmm. less time for the good stuff like that and the good yep. stuff of, like, enjoying yourself and relaxing. So then you perform worse, right? So it's this kind of downward spiral. So you kind of got to manage your ADHD well enough in order to do a good job on this, but also doing a good job on that is going to help you perform kind of at your best, you know? So, yes. so it's absolutely a worthy pursuit. Um, and to kind of prioritize that and not steal time from it with the idea that somehow you're going to be more productive in the end, because you probably won't be. Yes. I tell you what, you sparked something here. Let's go to break. 
come back, continue this conversation, because I like kind of where you went with this, because I can think we can reveal a little bit of the elephant in the room, which is the obstacle to a lot of that. Again, for our listeners, check out Ari's website at adultadhdbook.com. Our secret word tonight is apps, and with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back. We're here with Dr. Ari Tuckman having a great conversation about obstacles to productivity. Before the break, Dr. Tuckman was talking about uh, sleep, diet, and exercise. I actually like to call it med- non-med meds, medication, um, <laughs> exercise, diet, and sleep. Um, and that, that, that was, I've got to give credit to um, Brett Thornhill. Uh, he's a coach who kind of turned me on to that. But it's, it's those things that all help people with ADHD. But I want to key on, on something that you said. I'm going to focus in on sleep. There's a lot of people who um, get misdiagnosed um, if they have sleep apnea. Sometimes they get diagnosed with ADHD because sleep deprivation, the symptoms also mirror people with ADHD. For many of you out there, particularly if you've had COVID or anything else, when you're sick or tired, it makes it really difficult for you to think. And one of the things in real simplistic form, I think, if people want to walk away, what is this really all about is ADHD, we look at it as a focus problem, but more and more, it's, I really see it as a thinking problem, the challenge of thinking inside your head. And if you are tired or you're, not, or you're hungry, it's more difficult for you to think and thus more difficult for you to think about what you need, who's coming, what do you need to do for Thanksgiving. And often people just write it down in a planner because the, the plan, the plan the, the, your schedule your alarm clock and your um, a clock itself doesn't actually do the work. It doesn't do the thinking for you. So going back to where you were talking about earlier, Dr. Tuckman, I think that really the key is you've got to run optimally because ADHD is really more of a thinking impairment that most people give it credit to. And a lot of the obstacles, people are not thinking through what they need to do before they get to this stuff. They just think that the alarm clock is going to do it for them, if you will, and it's, it's not that. It's the thinking salt. Thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder doesn't quite capture it, but we're sort of stuck with the term at this point. So, I mean, yeah, attention's part of it. And certainly, you know, if you don't pay attention to a piece of information, it then doesn't get passed back 
to the rest of the sort of cognitive processing machinery or get passed back into memory. Mm -hmm. So a lot of like memory problems associated with ADHD are really attention problems. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, absolutely, ADHD is about way more than just attention. And, you know, in terms of sleep and all that, you know, like, one of the consequences of sleep deprivation is reduced working memory. You don't have as good of an ability to hold information in mind. Your cognitive, your complex thinking is reduced. So, you know, that's also true if you have other yes. kind of health concerns, if you're overwhelmed, you just got too much going on. So, you know, all of this reduces our cognitive abilities. So, I mean, if you have ADHD, you can't change that, although you can take medication that temporarily changes it. But certainly, you know, trying to do not a perfect, you don't have to be a vegan triathlete, but like a, a better job, a little bit better than you've been before on the sleep diet and exercise stuff, um, it just helps you kind of bring your best to what you need to do. And it's kind of that thing of like that old cliche of working harder or working smarter, you know. So yes. spending a lot of time slogging is, I don't know, maybe impressive, sort of, but not really that effective. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm looking at time here. I need to kind of pull this together a little bit. At the end of the day, I hear people focusing a lot on productivity, but they're not actually stopping and thinking about the thinking part about what's going on. And I think one of the, the, the takeaways today is that stop and think and realize that the alarm clock is not doing the work. It's doing its job that it's mm -hmm. supposed to. It's just a tool to help you facilitate that process. And I think a lot of this is, goes back to the beginning of the awareness of what's going on for people to kind of engage. Now, thinking in advance for Thanksgiving is a bit problematic and challenging because it requires effort, but it's kind of like the elephant in the room to stop and think about what you're going to think about before you actually – get there and do it. Anything to add? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's part of the sort of impulsivity of ADHD, right? It's being drawn yep. by the most sort of interesting aspect of it or the first thing that kind of hits you and sort of leaping into action before pausing and saying like, well, hold on a sec. Really, what is my best course of action here? Mm -hmm. um, you know, so it's kind of finding that sweet spot of knowing when you've sort of paused and collected enough information and then, you know, sort of, you know, go forth into action. And, you know, some people jump too quick, some people think too long, you know, so there is that kind of sweet spot there. But I think it's really about trying to be intentional about it. And, you know, this, this might be a place to sort of put a plug in for mindfulness, which, of course, always gets a plug no matter what you're talking mm -hmm. about. Yep. Um, you know, that it helps you be a bit more sort of present and therefore a bit less pulled by whatever the situation of the moment is. And the, in your TED Talk, you know, productivity is multidimensional. It's complex. And being mm -hmm. mindful and stopping thinking about that is really, is really what's there. And I think sometimes people just take a oversimplistic look at it. So it is more complicated than maybe what people think, uh, which is, as they say, you know, understand it's complicated. Admit that it's complicated. If you don't, you're not given the respect that it's due. Be mindful of this. And I always I say – for people with ADHD, it's always often helpful for you to collaborate with other people, for you to think through what you're doing before you do it. Uh, that's always been kind of tried and true because it's a lot easier if, if you're working with somebody who can help you think through that process. So any yeah. last thoughts before we close this out? I think I'll just come back to 
kind of, you know, where we started, that, you know, productivity is very multi-determined. And, you know, to sort of, if you find that you're struggling with it, to try to step back and re- figure out really, really what is getting in the way. Because, you know, if we're applying the wrong solution, it's not likely to be as effective as we hope it to be. I would say is like, you know, if you have a solution, it's like an equation, right? If you're using the wrong math equation to solve the problem, you're not going to get the right, right answer. Sometimes you're going to back up right. and say, okay, this is the right tool for what I'm doing, which goes back to be, be present and think about what you're doing. So with that, Dr. Tucker, yeah. thanks for coming on the show. Hey, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Everybody, check out his website, adultadhdbook.com, adultadhdbook.com. Our secret word tonight is apps. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Attention Talk Radio. Catch us next week. Take care. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.